Well, Anchor, Anchor, Anchor. I, lo- I love you people. You guys are so awesome. Um, so, oi, um, my, uh, I'm so sorry. My voiceover just insists on speaking. Um, sorry about that. Anyway, so, um, I hope you guys enjoyed that pipe home episode. And, uh, if anyone is going to be participating, I would be really, really happy if you did. So anyway, I'm going to go in the kitchen as I'm talking. And I love Anchor because this is so much fun. I'm going to go in the kitchen and I'm going to get some uh, some water boiling. Oi! My laptop cart is out here tonight. Because it can also be used as a semi-easel, apparently. Um, my roommate has been having problems with her feet. So I brought it over to her yesterday. So she could paint her portrait on this, or draw her portrait on this thing. And anyway, so I'm coming into the kitchen because I'm going to be making some pasta. My roommate's on her way home with some linguine. Some linguine. She wanted me to get the water ready for her. And I thought it'd be a perfect excuse to. Ay! Not too much noise, though. So. I hope you wonderful people are having a good day. Really, it has been a hectic day, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, have you guys ever had one of those days where you know exactly what you want to say, but you just can't find the words to express it? And I don't mean like something so complicated, like, do you know how to tell your other half that you love them in a way that they've never heard before or anything too crazy like that but it's like like when you mean one thing and it comes out as something totally different um and kind of had some a couple of instances today even at one point I meant something totally different and I said something that I shouldn't have and I had an English professor harping on me a little bit Um, and that wasn't what I was trying to say. Um, as a matter of fact, that's been happening a lot with her lately. I've been trying to say something and then I end up saying it wrong. Um, primarily because I really do feel like a fish out of water. It's so weird. At the university, I'm among a lot of English majors and a lot of them I know from college they just graduated with their associates in English alongside me. Um, but um, for some weird reason, I just feel like in that class, like what I'm trying to say doesn't come across as well. And everybody kind of just avoids me, even though, I mean, they do say hi to me and whatnot, but everybody's always avoided me like the plague since college. Um, except for like one or two students, but that's, you know, beside the point. Um, there's only a few that tend to avoid me, but you know, it is what it is. But, um, I, uh, I had a situation today where I had a, um, Um, I had a cab driver who 
I guess, found it his need to be a little bit more outspoken than he should. I mean, everybody's going to have an opinion about a lot of things. And, well, I have the habit of calling my Zappa my puppy. You know, even though he's obviously clearly, physically, physiologically not a puppy. He's six years old. Um... So, so, you know, of course he makes this comment, puppy, yeah, right. And of course, I took it to be like a funny, because obviously he is no puppy. So my electric stove, whenever I wipe down the burner, just to have it clean, always sizzles. Anyway, so I have some water going. Um, but, um, so of course, you know, I laugh and then he says to me, he goes, how old is he? And I said, oh, he's already six years old. And he goes, was he this big when you got him? I said, oh no, God, he was skinny as a rail <laughs> because he was, he was really skinny. And that's one thing guide dog schools are known for is they give us skinny dogs because they're still so young, for one. For two, you do have to manage their weight if they're going to be walking around all the time, especially labs. They're prone to hip dysplasia. And so I said, God, no, he was as skinny as a rail. You know, now he's pretty husky. I'm just buzzing my roommate in. She's beeping the gate. So... So yeah, so what I end up doing is, you know, as I'm getting into the car, he says, well, was it your fault? You know, for him being skinny. And I said, no, God, no. And I said, no, he was like that when we went to the, when I went to the school. And so it was just, it kind of really irritated me that this guy was like, well, was it your fault? You know, right, like right off the bat, because it's like, I didn't even get him till he was two. And, oh, let me turn this off. Oh, it's starting to die down. Um, so, but yeah, I, I just basically told him, I said, I said, no, God, no, it, it, you know, he was that way when he was at the school. And so, you know, we got in and we were driving and then he started telling me, well, what's, what, uh, what, what test are you taking? Because I had explained to him that I was going to go take an exam. And one of my classes that I'm taking is race and racism. And it's a required class. It's what they call a capstone. No matter what major you go in, you have to take a social science course. Race and racism is one of those courses. And uh, my roommate's walking through the door. So anyway... Um, with races, with race and racism, I kind of have these mixed feelings about the class. First of all, whenever I tell people I'm taking race and racism, nine times out of ten, I get the very, very rude, oh, Lord, kind of response. Or, oh, boy, you know. I get a very negative response when I, take, when I tell people I'm taking that class or I have to go take an exam. Well, today was kind of like the, the one day that I got one of the worst responses ever. 
So I tell this cab driver who auto- automatically, quote unquote, assumed that it was my fault Zappa was skinny when I first got him. I tell the cab driver, I said, you know, I- I'm taking race and racism. And he goes, oh, well, I hope you can tell who the good guys are and the bad guys are when you're taking that class. And it, what, it, what that says to me is that either A, he doesn't care about racial equality, B, he's racist, but again, I can't judge. These are just kind of things that's going through my mind. I can't judge this person. Or C, he's tired of, you know, and I'm, I'm not, I don't agree. I don't agree with this whole idea. Oh, is this the linguini? Yeah. Awesome, thanks. He, he's probably tired of, you know, because he, he sounded like a Caucasian gentleman. I could be wrong, but he sounded very Caucasian. Um, he's probably tired of people going on and on and on about how, um, oh, oh, how the poor, the poor blacks have been mistreated and, you know, all the slavery and stuff. And of course it's, it was wrong how they were treated. It was very wrong. I don't agree with it. I agree with equality and I'm not here to... Because it seems like people that hear about these classes think that all racism, race and racism does is they're there to bash white ethnic groups. And it's like, honestly, I mean, even even some European countries, people that came from some European countries were discriminated against coming here. So to me, it's like that has no merit. Everybody has tried to find and settle in their land and like the snatching of land from other people's land isn't right. It's not right at all. And it's, you know, I, I would, I could only wish that stuff like this could be erased from history, but obviously we know that it can't. We know that you can't diminish the effects of what has happened. Um, and, and I, for one, wish for equality for everyone. And like, to me, race isn't a big deal and I'm not saying that I don't care about races I'm just saying it's not what makes up a person it's the person it's the individuality and that diversity that makes this world a truly unique place but of course you know there's got to be all these debates on well you know this race is this and this and this so every time I tell somebody that I'm taking a race and racism class I get such negative responses now having said that I do see where some parts of this are coming from. First of all, a lot of the negative responses come from students. First of all, it's a required class, and it's not one that they would take if given the choice. I agree. I would not take this class, and it's not that I don't care about the subject matter. I do, but science courses like these, especially the course that I'm attending... It is a very large class. You don't have that, you don't kind of have that intimate setting, that intimate feel. With a lot of um, English lit courses that I have, you have more of that discussion because everyone's discussing the, the texts that you're reading. Um, with social science, you don't have that. You don't. You have a large auditorium. I think the teacher said there was 85 students in this class. The bulk of your credit is going to be coming from 
your tests and the one paper we had to write, which I had to take a unique angle, angle on too, um, because the initial tests the other students were supposed to take, the website wasn't accessible. So I took a unique angle on that. But your tests and your one paper. So you don't have a whole lot of opportunities for getting credit, you know, especially if you're disabled, because a lot of the opportunities for extra credit, one of the opportunities for extra credit is to go down to the actual Museum of Tolerance in Los Angeles. Now, who's going to drive me down there? I'm a good two and a half hours away, and that's generous. It could be three, three and a half hours with traffic. Who knows? I'm a good chunk away. And another way to earn extra credit is to take these surveys called Sonas or Sonar, Sona something. And I can't even take those. So, but the point is, is, is it's a very lecture-driven class and you just get in there. Um, now, this professor, I will say, does engage us in a bit of discussion. Um, unfortunately, the people I sit next to aren't as willing to engage with me. I'm always the one turning around and interrupting their groups and going, hey, what's going on? You know, I have to kind of insert myself into groups because nobody ever picks me. But that's something I've been dealing with through the ages. But, you know, you've got... So you've got these very intense lecture-driven classes that you, you'd go in there and for an hour and a half... And the class was originally supposed to be from 6 p.m. to 9.50 p.m. once a week. And, but the professor's like, that's not how I roll. So usually she keeps us until like 8.30 but still, you you have a little break in between, but you pretty much have two hours of la 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 la, you know, and lecture. You know, it's not, you know, the professor does a great job teaching the class. She's taught it so many times. She knows her stuff. I mean, honestly, I don't know why she isn't a motivational speaker. Because she rarely stumbles on the words. She pretty much just just goes through it. She does really well. Um, but the, but the classes, the course is extremely intense. And so I can understand this is not something I would have taken given the choice. And another reason why I would not have taken it given the choice is because I feel like no matter how many, no matter how much we try to make people aware of what racism is in our country, because I guarantee you 50 years ago, even 20 years ago, you probably would not be seeing a class like this. Maybe, well, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago. But the point is, is you would not be seeing classes like this. You know? And it's obvious that people need to be made aware of this stuff. So I don't disagree with the concept or the reason behind the class. But I just think that people are, no matter what you do, no matter what is done to try to teach the effects of discrimination and prejudice because of this racist thinking, people are not going to change. There's always someone that's going to be prejudiced. And it's almost like, it's almost like I'm banging my head against a wall because, you know, I'll, I'll go to other people in the blind community and I'll say, you know, Hey, start being nice to so-and-so. This isn't fair. Uh, well, so-and-so blah, blah, blah. If you knew the kind of blah, 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 she was. And it's like, I give up. I, I had to stop years ago because I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, you can't change people. And unfortunately, there are going to be some really horrific ideas out there from some, you know, supposedly well-rounded people, but they still carry prejudices with them, you know? And it's like, for me, I'm sitting here and I was telling the professor this stuff, 
today, because I, I was talking to my English professor, and I said, you know, I said, I see both sides of the coin here. I see why the class is, is not enjoyable. I it's, it's a very um, difficult class, not to mention it's an evening class, and I always have trouble finding rides home. I can't sometimes get a cab because they don't like to come pick me up with my dog, or they'll they'll go to the wrong building and then they'll say, well, I came here and then they leave. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a very stress inducing class for me specifically for that reason alone. Transportation. Oy. You know, I wish they had better transportation for the university. I really do. But, uh, you know, it's like, I see the need for it, but I just see it's like, how much farther are we going to go? We're going to try to keep educating people and educating people and educating people. But who's going to get rid of all the freaking prejudice? Who's going to do that? And it almost feels like taking classes like this is just... And all you hear about is the negative stuff. How this particular ethnic group dealt with immigration uh, to America. How this particular ethnic group was discriminated against. And how this particular... It's like, oh my God, so much negativity. And it's wrong because if you had it your way, if you were running government, nobody would be allowed to discriminate to anybody. And, um, you know, the reason this topic came up with my English professor is because there were a couple of girls in this book that I we just finished reading um, that were subconsciously doing things that I guess they didn't realize they had any prejudices or anything. They were afraid and they didn't want to upset their parents. But they were trying to be got, really kind to this black gentleman. But they basically imprisoned him in the home, even though they took him in. You know, they told him not to play any music. He had to sleep in a room that was once a servant quarter. And it's like, yeah, these girls are teenage girls. And they were, they're trying to do what's in their heart, good intention. But, you know, and I was talking to the professor. And I said, God, this reminds me of a time when I was growing up. And... Again, we've got prejudices and we've got the stigma of a disabled person. They, people think that, oh, blind people can't think for themselves. So I was hanging out with somebody who happened to be African-American, black, colored, however you wish to say it. I don't want to offend anyone or step on anyone's toes or hurt anybody at all. God, I'd hate to do that. Um, so, But this person quickly became a friend of mine. And... There was talk in the family about, well, Melissa, do you know that this person is black? And I was like, does it matter? Yeah, but all this prejudicing stuff. And I just was like, but he's my friend. And everyone's like, oh, you're just so innocent. You see with a godlike heart because God loves all his children. But you don't know. And it's like. What? You know, I I have a right to pick my friends. I have a right to be with whom I say I want to be with. Skin color doesn't matter to me. And it's like, you know, on the one hand, yeah, it's nice to have classes like this because you can't be naive to think that this doesn't exist. It exists right outside our freaking door and we see it. But we're in a time where we're seeing all of this stuff and it's like, is this class even necessary? Because people aren't freaking children. There's still racism and there's, ri- there's riots and 
And then, you know, you got other people going back at, well, so-and-so is a racist and a blah, 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 and a blue, blue, and a lily, and they're, you know, calling, calling everybody all these names, and they're doing this. It's like, you aren't changing the world. What are these classes going to do for people? They're not paying attention. So it's like, I, I feel bad for the professors that constantly come in to try to teach these classes, and yet still, we have inequality. Why? And... It's like, ugh. it's like, to me, it's like, it feels like a waste of time. And even my professor's like, oh my God, this conversation is so interesting. And how that cab driver just came up to me and literally just said, I hope you know who the good guys are and the bad guys are when you take that class. And I'm like, who's talking about good guys and bad guys? If everybody is carrying prejudice, then we're all no better than anyone else. It's not right. And it's like, uh, these people don't know how to be sympathetic and understanding and empathetic and caring and kind and compassionate and all the other synonyms and, and whatever you can say. They just don't. It's like, how can you just assume that I either, I A, that it was my fault that my dog was a certain way before I even got him, or B, that... I'm going into that class because I want to learn about all the poor people and all the races that were being discriminated against. Because it's, you know, when, when people think that I'm taking a class like that, they automatically assume, like, actually this one guy came up to me um, in the mall because I was talking to someone. And I'm like, I'm taking a race and racism class. And he goes, are you Democrat? And I'm like, excuse me? And he's just like, well, you know, only one of you left wing people from California would take a class like that. And I'm like, What? Why am I getting this kind of response? This is crazy. And I just said, sir, I have nothing more to say to you. Have a great day. You know, because honestly, for one, it's a required course. And then if I tell somebody it's a required course, that goes, oh, those liberals are forcing you to. I said, no. I said, no one's forcing me to do anything. I had a choice to get a degree. And if I want to get a degree, I've got to take what classes are necessary. I... Uh, I despise the class. I really do. Because, you know, for my personal reasons, for one, transportation is a pain in the you-know-where. For two, all you hear about is all the negative stuff and all the cruel things that have been done to people, which you've been hearing about. And it's like, and then, and still you've got riots going on. And it's like, oh my God, history repeats itself. Just forget it. You know, and it's like you come out of that class frustrated and sad and and sorrowful and and then I can't even get a cab ride home and then and then I got to study and study and study and study my heart out for two or three days, you know, because I, I have test anxiety. I'll admit I have test anxiety. Go into the exam and I find out it's only 40 questions. But hey, it pushed me to study. But it's like it's such a freaking lecture intense class and it drives me crazy. Love the professor, though. She's really awesome. She's really neat. But, oh my gosh, it's so sad. It really is so sad. That it's like, to assume, and it's like, I really wanted to tell that cab driver, I'm coming back to the question I asked at the beginning of this episode. Have you ever ran into a time when it was just so hard to express what you wanted to say, but you knew very well what you wanted to say? And 
and that's just it happens to me where it's like I want to say something but I end up saying it a different way and like uh, it's like you want to tell the world to just go stuff themselves <laughs> it's like y'all should just be nice what do they always used to say? Give peace a chance. Eh, not gonna happen. I'm sorry. It's just every time I come out of that class, it's like, what are we banging our head against the wall for? You know what else is pretty sad at our university? Um, one of the requirements that we have to do for our university is this yearly video, and you have to do it once a year, and it's. The training they call it end sexual violence training and they do all of this stuff with you know you know a healthy relationship is this 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 they go on about domestic violence they go about what is consent what isn't you know and and we have to watch these long videos and you know what's really sad they actually have audio description it's like i can't even get audio description of some of my favorite shows and you want to get these freaking videos audio described? Ugh, it's sad. And so, you know, but they're forcing every student, every single student, every year. It's one thing to do it as a new student, you know? And when I first signed up, I thought, oh, maybe this is just a one-time thing. Oh, no. They said, you must do this once a year. And I'm like, what? You know? And so I was, I was pretty offended by it because, honestly... You know, being the victim of assault, and some people there there was there was a thing on the video that said, "Well, if this if this segment offends you, skip it." I'm like, no, this happened to me over 15 years ago. I have to just go on with it. But what bothers me is the fact that you're making us do this every freaking year, when it's like, especially for people who are who have been the victim of a of an assault. You know, it's very traumatizing. But it's like. You're making every student go through this and it makes me feel like a common criminal because I have to sit through and hear this is not consent when she says no it's not consent men are victims of it it's like oh my god people I get it I get it it's wrong but it's like why do you guys keep pushing this through our head when what really needs to happen is change out there in the world you're trying to push it through college students I get it there have been rapes on other campuses there have been horrible, horrible sexual assaults on certain campuses. There are some students who have that kind of ideology and who think it's okay to do that kind of stuff. Those are the people you need to go after. But of course, the world is very good at hiding itself, just like with racial prejudices. And even though it's wrong to discriminate, you know, nowadays you can't discriminate against somebody of color when you're trying to sell them a house or whatever. Even though it's wrong, people still subconsciously or not they still do it and it's like uh, it's like and you can't filter those people out and the more and more and more and more you try to shove these ideas down our head about how you know so and so has been discriminated against and so and so you know consensual non-consensual this this and blah 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 you still have people out there who aren't paying attention but you're forcing those who either have been paying attention or have been willing to listen or those who have experienced I mean you know 
I may not, you know, be, I may not be a colored individual or black or African American. I'm certainly not, but that doesn't mean I don't experience discrimination, a different kind of discrimination, of course, but it's just like, ugh. you're telling it to people who have been experiencing it, who want it to stop. I'm sure most of the people, hopefully all the people in my class want it to stop. And of course they're all going to say yes, even though some probably not. I mean, my own family freaking had prejudices. Come on now. You can't expect the world to change overnight. You know? So what do you do? can't just pour all this pasta in a pot. I'm such a slow poke. I just don't like pasta going everywhere. And it just, that was like totally against what I wanted. I'm such a slow poke when it comes to making pasta. The world hates me. <laughs> it's okay. The world hates little old me. Ugh, I don't know. I'm just worn out worn out and we still have to practice guitar which is a bitch with this tendonitis in my wrist but we have a quiz tomorrow and I want to be good the beginning guitar class I have to play some We have to play Ode to Joy. Oh, come on. Out. And we only have to play, what did he say? The first eight measures, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's not that bad. I have no rhythm, so yeah, that's going to be kind of hard. I mean, I know subconsciously I do, but... You have rhythm. You just don't know it. You don't believe in your rhythm. No. God, this takes me forever. My wrists are screaming at me, too. They're like, hurry this up. Yeah, when I cook pasta, I take forever. Because I like to break up the noodles, because then they just come in this big old glop, and it's hard for me to serve. I still haven't even... I still have half the freaking box. I am such a wimp. That's why I like boiling. I'm sorry to say it, but I like boiling short noodle pasta. It is so much easier. I know. I still boil spaghetti and stuff like that, but it's just like, oh my God, really? Why? It's late. Why? Why? I love linguine, but not when I'm boiling it. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. I'm rambling on on my anchor. Thou shalt exit. So I don't know. I don't know. Just worn out. I guess what that cab driver said. Oh, and God, you guys. Ugh. What that cab driver said to me. So he apparently has a bachelor's in English lit. Go figure. And every time I come onto his cab, and now at first when I met him, I, I liked him. Especially when he said, oh, my bachelor's was in English literature. And I was like, ooh, you know, a fellow writer or someone who's, like, really into that stuff. And he is always very discouraging, though. And he's an old man, so he repeats himself again and again and again and again and again and again and again. 
And so every time I've gotten in the cab and I, you know, he would, he's always asked me because he forgets, hey, what's your degree? And I will tell him because I want to be nice. Oh, I'm going for my bachelor's in English Lit. And his response is always something to the effect of, give or take a few words. Oh, my bachelor's in English Lit. My bachelor's is in English Lit as well. Oh, that's great. Of course, I knew that already, but still got to be nice. And he goes, huh, not very useful. And I was like, well, I'm going to go for the ETPP, the English Teacher Preparation Program, as well as my English Lit bachelor's. And he goes, oh, well, at least you're going to teach. He's like, and then he, he goes on and on about how he used to be a substitute teacher. And we did briefly talk on the, the CBEST, which for those who don't know, who don't live in California, it's California Basic Education Skills Test, I believe. It's a test that te all teachers have to take, including substitute teachers. In fact, that's the only way you can be a substitute teacher from what I've been hearing um, nowadays. But so then he got into saying, you know, he got into complaining and he got into saying the same stuff he's been saying to me before, like when I'd ride his cab. And the first time he told me all this stuff, I was just like, oh, you know, I know how it's like. You want to get a good job. You want to get this. You have this desire to write, you know, in, in your youth and things don't quite work out how you expect. And so, of course, when I first met him, I, I felt, I wouldn't say I felt pity. I just, I, I kind of empathized with him because it's like, I want to write too, but I've been suffering. I've been writer's block for me. That's my biggest enemy right now. And especially with poetry, I just can't seem to find anything worth writing about. Um, even though you can write basically about anything. Poetry is just not my thing. I prefer short stories. Uh, but anyway. Oh, God. Would you believe I'm almost done with this box? So then he goes into his spiel, as he always does, and he says, Oh, well, I I taught I taught as a substitute teacher, teacher but I never did, you know, full-time full teaching. I wanted to have, I wanted to be a writer. That was my, my goal, my career. And he's like, well, I wanted to write the American, America's greatest novel, but America didn't care. And when he told me about his novel the first time, of course, I'm like, well, tell me the name of your novel. I said, tell me the name of your novel because I want to download it and I want to read it. Because that's what you do. You support your writers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so he gave me the title of his novel and I tried to remember it and the name escaped me. Um, so I tried to remember what words I could remember, what keywords. Did a search on Amazon. Like, this is a, a month later after I had some spare time. And, and of course, you know, he, his novel never came up, so I never read it. But I thought, you know, as one writer should do, support others, and plus it helps to read. You know, read different genres. And so I, in I intended to find his novel. To at least say, well, maybe the whole America as a whole doesn't care, but so, but I do. But then, you know, today he, you know, says what he says to me about my dog, and he says what he says about race and racism, and then he starts saying, well, I wanted to write America's greatest novel, but America didn't care. And... And then he starts going on about, well, did you hear about this cartoon? And he told me this, I guess, cartoon about two scarecrows. And it was a cartoon that was in the paper, something about English lit. And he, and he repeats it to me, like, every time I'm in the cab with him. 
because I guess he forgets that my um, bachelor's is English lit. And so he goes into the whole spiel about it's not going to be useful, you know, and very discouraging. I'm trying to talk you out of it. Well, and then I said, hey, the least I can do is go get a, you know, go get a degree. And he's like, well, absolutely. I said, I have no choice. It's either I sit at home or I, and do nothing or I go get a degree. And and then when he said to me that, oh, I wanted to write America's Greatest Novel and he didn't care, I was like, well, hey, at least you went with your dream. At least you went with your dream. And he's like, well, that's beside the point. And I'm like, but can't you at least be proud of yourself for going for your dream? You wanted to write a novel. It's like, like, my dream is to publish a novel. I don't know how the freak to do that. And if this person were... Uh, a nicer person with I guess more diplomatic ways of bringing stuff up I could have probably relied on him a local person who's published a novel you know but no this person is you know and then he started going into his health problems you know about how he had he was gonna go for a master's but he got cancer and that was a sign that he shouldn't I'm sorry but I've heard of people that get cancer and still want to go to college that should not have been a sign that you shouldn't it should have been a sign to press on and hey at least get your degrees i've heard there was this woman that was on the news not too long ago she was getting degrees and everything and by the time she was in her 80s she had like six seven degrees i forget how many but you never stop learning now i do at some point want to stop going to school with my degrees and everything i do at some point want to get a job because financial security i mean it's all about common sense but you know, it's it's like it's like I want to tell him, you know, hey, you know, I'm doing the best I can here, but it's like I have no I have no way of expressing what I want to say. But this guy's got me for a loop. He's already, you know, making assumptions about me and it's like I don't know what to do. It was a very uncomfortable, stressful situation, and it was on the way to the university for my stupid test which I didn't have a bus ride because university, the buses don't start going there until after 11. And my exam was at 10 o'clock. And it's not a simple class exam because I'm disabled. I have to use a special computer. So I have to go into a room by myself with a proctor who confiscates your bag. You know, it's like professors don't come and I'm going to take every one of your bags. It's like you do get kind of treated like, and then it's the proctor's just sitting there watching you take the test. Just right there, sitting there watching you. And it's a very nerve-wracking, anxiety-inducing experience. And it's like, then I had to put up with that before I got into class today. And then I go to my English class and I end up saying something that I didn't mean to say. And then, you know, then it was like, it's not all about author's intent. It's about what you pull in. It's like, no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <sighs> and then she was like, oh, you know, and then when she would reiterate you know how to model her themes or how to, how to model a thesis based on a theme when a student would bring up a point she would sometimes say oh like melissa you know this is what i was trying to explain to melissa who's being a good sport for melissa sorry for picking on you and i was like ah stop it <laughs> i had a rough day I should call my I should call my episode you know they have creepy pasta for scary stories I should call my episode ramble pasta Ooh. ramble pasta I like it how does this pasta look to you oh. feels good to me 
painful oh. pasta? Painful oh. pasta? Ow! Just, ow. Well, yeah. That's um, what my rambling would be about. <laughs> How does that look? I think that's done. Can you get the strainer for me, please? Yeah. Alright, folkies. I made pasta. Thanks, girl. And I suck at making pasta, but hey, it's okay. So... So, sorry for the rant, guys. I love you all. <sighs> you want to talk about things, just send me a Twitter at morning underscore song. Send me an anchor. Let's get together and chat. <laughs> sorry for the rant. But I love you all. Mwah. Thanks for listening.